0: This is a special edition of the Citizen of Heaven podcast, the top 10 films I wholeheartedly endorse. I'm Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for listening, sharing, and subscribing. This is from a live stream I did for the Heaven Citizens Facebook group this week. If you don't know about Heaven Citizens, seek us out and join in the fun. I took some time to point out some good things Hollywood has done for us over the years and to celebrate some noble virtue affirming ways we can entertain ourselves enjoy a few words here about why we're doing this uh, this is not what i do in this space this is not a movie review site this is not my my task i comment on movies every once in a while in the general context of the podcast but not usually not very often But there is something to be said for the role of entertainment in general and the role of film in particular with regard to our walk with Christ. I am the last one in the world to give credit to Hollywood. If you've paid attention to me very much, Hollywood comes up in conversation and it's always bad. And maybe this is an opportunity for me to backtrack a little bit with regard to that. Film is an incredibly powerful medium, and it is not inherently sinful. It can be, and it is, used for good things, enlightening things, ennobling things, even biblical things, scriptural things, although that's not really going to be what we're talking about here today. There are certainly ways in which we can use our entertainment space. The movies we watch, the music we listen to, the books we read, to draw us closer to God's ideals for us, if not specifically along biblical lines, at least along moral lines and ethical lines, bringing out the best in us, appealing to the best in us. That is a a very good thing. And film can do that. I wish it did more of it. It is done from time to time. There are films that I'm going to be talking about today that do come from this millennium. I want credit for that. It's not a completely dead or dying art. There are opportunities to enhance and to positively influence our lives, our walk with Christ, etc. I mentioned the idea of wholeheartedly endorsing. Endorsing something as a preacher, at least for me, is a very dicey proposition. I don't do it very often. I don't do it very casually. Other preachers take different approaches, and that's that's their business. But when I put my stamp of approval on something that promotes sin or prominently features sin, does not apologize for sin, makes excuses for sin, that puts me in an odd place, in my mind at least, a place that I would rather not be. I don't want to sound like some kind of ridiculously prudish person here. There are things that I watch in the movies, there are books that I read that are not entirely wholesome. They do have negative aspects to them. Sin is featured. Sin is occasionally even celebrated. I'm not happy with that. I wish that were not the case. If you look carefully at this list, you're going to notice that there are objectionable things in some, if not all, depending on how closely you look. I I understand that, and I I hope that you're able to to put all these things in, in proper context. Anyway, uh, here we go with uh, number 10. Number 10 is Tangled. This is the cartoon, the only cartoon that I have on the list. And the more I started thinking about it, the more I thought I ought to have a cartoon. And it's difficult to rationalize any cartoon other than Tangled. It is an ongoing conversation in the Hammonds house that Tangled does not get nearly the attention that it should Probably because it came out in such close proximity to Frozen, which is a vastly inferior film as far as I'm concerned. Tangled's art is better. Its story is better. Its heroes are better. Its music is way better. There's, uh, there's nothing bad to say, practically, about Tangled, and it uh, encouraged me to perhaps arm my daughter with a frying pan when she went out to, uh, to college, and she survived, so there you go. Uh, Rapunzel is the uh, is the princess that Kylie identifies with more than any other. If I had to pick a second one it would probably be Lion King, uh, another really great noble story with with good characters and character growth, tremendous music. I will love 101 Dalmatians to the day I die, but I am honest enough with myself to realize that visually speaking it is an atrocious movie. And lots and lots of negatives to say about with regard to that kind of thing. Doesn't mean I won't watch it. Doesn't mean I won't enjoy it. But uh, but Tangled is uh, is a winner as far as I'm concerned. That's number 10. Number nine is Taking Chance. Taking Chance is, I would suspect, the one that you are the least likely to have seen. I don't think it was ever released in theaters. It was made by HBO. And uh, this is my pure drama movie. I really, really wanted to put the Count of Monte Cristo in in this category, but I couldn't leave out Taking Chance. If you don't know this film, uh, Kevin Bacon plays a Marine, and he is assigned the task of traveling with the body of a Marine who has died overseas. And it is all about the angst and anxiety and, and self-doubt In Kevin Bacon's mind, he he has not served in combat. Is he really worthy of all of this? Is he really supposed to be in the Marines, et cetera? The meticulous care and concern to every single detail about this this man, Chance, who's being taken home for burial, the, the way that they take care of his casket, of his uniform, his medals, the way that... The Marines interact with a family, etc. It is, I, I'm tears are coming to my eyes even as I think about it. It is a a remarkable movie. It's a Brian Song kind of guy movie. Uh, fellas, if you want to watch a film and uh, not be seen crying in presence of your girlfriend or your wife or whatever, watch Taking Chance, but save it to private time. It, you will be a mess. It is uh, a beautiful, beautiful film. But uh, but you got to have some Kleenex uh, present with you if you're if you're going to make that work. Uh, Taking chances number nine, I think it is. Number eight is the Sound of Music. Uh, I only wanted one musical on the list, and My Fair Lady was a very very close second to this. We watched My Fair Lady, Tracy and I, on our first date, so that's always going to be a, a a close one to to my heart. Oliver, I think, is is a horribly underappreciated film. Best Picture, 1964, I think. I think Sound of Music won in 1960, along with several other uh, Academy Awards, including Best Music. There is not a bad song in Sound of Music, which you can't say for a lot of other great musicals. Julie Andrews is wonderful. Christopher Plummer is wonderful. You get to beat up on the Nazis. That's always a, a win. Sound of Music is perhaps my very favorite musical and that is saying something it's a delight all all the way around uh sound of music that's number eight number seven is the magnificent seven and that was a total coincidence if i had thought about it i would have done this on purpose but i didn't do it on purpose the magnificent seven is number seven this is the western obviously and the second pick probably would have been high noon which is an outstanding outstanding film Got to see that again just a couple of weeks ago. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I, I think it's got to be The Magnificent Seven. And I'm talking about the original here with Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen and Charles Bronson and James Coburn. I think James Coburn is the only actor that's going to appear on this list twice. I'm not positive about that, but I think he's the only one. That film is, is spectacular, and it itself is a remake of a Japanese film, The Seven Samurai, which I have not seen. I don't watch Japanese films. If you do, that's fine. I don't, or I haven't, anyway. I don't need to. This is a tremendous, tremendous story. The remake is good, too, by the way. I saw the remake a few months ago, and I was very surprised uh, with Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt, very different storyline, very different take, but I enjoyed that a lot. But I'm talking about the uh, the original here, the uh, the original Magnificent 7. Uh you have to buy Yule Brenner as an American gunfighter, which is a little bit of a reach, but Steve McQueen is there with him and he's more than making up for it. And James Coburn is always a win. The uh, the speech that Charles Bronson gives to the little kids about the the dignity of parenthood of fathers uh, is you know, again, teary-eyed kind of thing uh, he, he comes out of nowhere. These children are are upset that their farmer parents are not as noble and brave and worthy as these seven gunfighters that have come in to defend them. And Bronson says that you have no idea what you're talking about. Being a father, that's the brave thing. That's the courageous thing to do. And it's a it's a great speech. That's worth the movie right there. Just that one speech. Anyway, that's the Magnificent Seven. That's my western. Number six is Witness for the Prosecution. I watched this again last night. And and maybe not a mystery in the classic sense of it. My second choice would have been The Maltese Falcon, which also is not a mystery in the classic sense. But the the idea of a, of a drama and a twist and uh, and I did not see that coming. And I'm not going to ruin the ending for you here, obviously. But uh, this is an Agatha Christie play that was put to film. Has been a couple of times, but the uh, the one with Charles Lawton and Marlena Dietrich and Tyrone Power is is the classic and the and the best one. You have to put up with Marlena Dietrich singing in English for uh, for a couple of minutes, which is not the greatest, I'll admit. But everything else Marlena Dietrich does in this film is spectacular. She is really, really. Uh, the the life of the show, I guess you would say, although Power and, and Lawton are both wonderful as well. John Williams gets to play the prototypical English authority figure again like he does in Dial In for Murder, a film that did not make the list but could have. John Williams is always wonderful in everything that he does. At the end of Witness for the Prosecution, they felt compelled to include a voiceover saying, do not reveal the ending which I've never heard before and haven't heard since. So I'm not going to reveal the ending either. But it is a a remarkable piece of of film and uh, an absolute delight. Uh, I would uh, highly, highly recommend Witness for the Prosecution. Number five, I guess it is, is Charade. And this is perhaps the quintessential Hammond's Family film. I don't know how many times we have watched Charade maybe a dozen or more times just uh, a few weeks ago, I was trying to get Kylie to share some family entertainment and you want to watch maybe, I don't know. We could watch charade. Uh, Okay. I'll watch charade. If uh, you're looking at this as the, uh, is the the action movie, I suppose you might say, uh, Carrie Grant is fantastic. You never know who he is or what he's doing, et cetera. He's he pulls that off magnificently. Audrey Hepburn is the the young ingenue caught up in in these circumstances. Her husband is dead. She doesn't know why. Everybody's chasing her, trying to kill her, et cetera. It's it is craziness. This is uh, the other example of James Coburn being in a film, and we love quoting James Coburn in this film about how my mama didn't raise no stupid children and and you fell for it like an egg from a tall chicken. Coburn is amazing in this. George Kennedy is, is terrifying. Walter Matthau is hilarious. You got romance, you got comedy, you got action, you got twists and turns. If you haven't seen Charade, and I heard recently someone who really liked old movies said they never watched Charade That's just terrible. If you have any interest in good films at all, and especially older films, uh, you really need to watch Charade. Uh, Number uh, four, I think it is, is Chariots of Fire. If you know me at all, if you know my proclivity toward inspirational sports movies, you know how I feel about Chariots of Fire. I've already done one episode on Chariots of Fire uh, on Citizen of Heaven. I am planning a second one. I don't know if it's going to come together or not. Uh, the story of Harold Abrahams and Eric Little and their efforts to win gold at the 1924 Olympics is is absolutely inspiring. Especially Eric Little, his uh, refusal to run to work, as it were, on the on Sunday, and how it cost him a chance at the gold medal, and how he wound up winning uh, a gold medal anyway, breaking a world record, although the the film doesn't really emphasize that. The triumph of, I want to say the American spirit, but obviously that's not true. The triumph of the British spirit, I guess you would say, is is spectacular. And it is a great comment on sports of the day, the changing world that they were living in, and what happens if you stick to your principles and work hard and give yourself over to uh, to God and allow him to, to work in you and don't compromise where you feel like a, a principle is important. chariots of fire is the best sports movie ever made. I'm aware that most if not all of you are going to disagree with me on that. I can't help that. I can only assume it's because you haven't seen chariots of fire. Miracle is great by the way with Kurt Russell and And the uh, Olympic hockey team from 1980, tremendous movie. That would have been worthy of being on this list also. But nothing's going to be Chariots of Fire. The cinematography, the music, the acting, the story, especially the story, though. That story of human dignity and perseverance and triumph. You find yourself rooting against the Americans, which is a really, really weird place for me to be. But nevertheless, uh, very, very gratifying. Chariots of Fire is perhaps the most worthy Oscar winner of my lifetime. Number three is Rear Window. I made a specific effort to keep only one Hitchcock movie, which is Hitchcock as a genre in and of itself. Hitch made 54 films. I think, I believe by now I have seen all of them or all, but all of them. That's remarkable enough, 54 films. And when you consider that almost all of them are good, there, there are a couple of Real clunkers in there, but almost all of them are good, and 20 or so of them are very good to Oscar worthy. That is something that no other filmmaker, I believe, in history can say. Uh, I could have put, I mentioned Dial In for Murder uh, before with regard to John Williams. I could have put the, that one on this list. I could have put Vertigo. Strangers on a Train probably would have been my second choice. But if I'm only going to do one, it's going to be Rear Window. There are maybe ten or twelve films that Hitch made that make it into my top five in any given week. Uh, there are maybe two or three that are always in my top five, and Rear Window is right at the top of that. We even have a board game that is themed after Rear Window. We love. Rear Window of the board game. And it's it's based on this idea of Jimmy Stewart being trapped in his room. Uh, he and his girlfriend played by Grace Kelly think they may or may not be aware of a murder that may or may not have happened across the uh, across the courtyard. Lots of intrigue, lots of guesswork, lots of comedy. It, it's not really a comedy, but there are definitely funny lines. A little bit of innuendo with regard to sexual mores and such, but but certainly nothing shown or even talked about in the film. So uh, good on you for that. Uh, number two is Lawrence of Arabia, and if you know any, again, if you pay attention to me and my rantings and my writings and my preaching, etc., Lawrence of Arabia comes up from time to time. I don't know how many times I have watched Lawrence. It is wonderful. I have uh, Setting the Desert on Fire that I read last year. It hasn't made it to the podcast yet. I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure out maybe a desert episode or something like that. But the story of, of Lawrence in World War One and his interaction with the uh, the Arabs, the natives, and trying to get a world for them that they are not prepared for, that they don't really even want for themselves, this conflict of loyalties it is a is a wonderful, wonderful movie. This is my favorite war movie. Ironically, number two might be *The Bridge on the River Kwai*, which was also directed by David Lean. If you don't think the desert is beautiful, if you don't think there's anything worthy in the desert, you need to watch this film. The way that Lean photographs the desert, just watching the sunrise over the horizon. It is, uh, it's breathtaking. The music, of course, and Peter O'Toole serves notice in his very first film that he is going to be reckoned with for the next half century or so. Lawrence of Arabia, I know it's a little long and I know it's a little dry. And there is that, that weird little homosexual innuendo in there that may put some people off. The first three or four times I saw this film, I didn't even notice what was going on. With perhaps that one exception, this is a story that is, is magnificent. And uh, worth your time. I know it's like three hours of your time or three and a half, whatever it is. But it's it's definitely worth it. And number one is uh, is Casablanca. I would venture to say that there are three films on this list. I would be so bold as to say you watch them and you'll become a better person. The first one is Taking Chance. The second one is Chariots of Fire. And the third one is Casablanca. Uh, yes, there's, there's some drinking, but it's... It's a bad thing that you're getting caught up in this sort of thing. Yes, there is some um, fornication implied, but it is it's off screen and it's frowned upon. It's it's part of the mistake. And I don't want to spoil the ending for you here, but if you haven't seen Casablanca, uh, you know more about it than you realize. If you recognize lines like "gather together the usual suspects," or "looks like the beginning of a beautiful friendship," or play it again, Sam, which actually doesn't occur in the movie. Ingrid Bergman says, play it or play it for me, things along those lines. She never quite says, play it again, Sam. But the idea of this cabaret in North Africa as World War II is raging and, and they have peace, but there are people who are in conflict and there's bigger issues going on and there's love and there is vying one way or another for, for attention and for money and for political gain and how important is it for Love to Triumph in all of this? Uh, this is the only Humphrey Bogart, Humphrey Bogart movie that I have here, although I could have others. Again, uh, Maltese Falcon would have been great. Uh, this is the only real romance in the entire thing, but it's also sort of kind of a war movie, sort of kind of a musical. Uh, but uh, As Time Goes By is a is a great song, and of course that became popularized because of Casablanca. But bottom line, if you are interested in... One of the three greatest movies of all time, according to pretty much all the critics. They'll all say it's either Citizen Kane or The Godfather or Casablanca. This is easily my favorite of those three. If you're interested in a film that will bring out the best in people who don't know that they even want to have the best brought out in them. If they are, if you're interested in a film that emphasizes the importance of true values and self-sacrifice and putting first things first, even at personal, great personal loss, Casablanca is the film for you. And that is basically the, uh, the top 10 list. You can have a good time at the movies and become a better person instead of a worse person for doing it. So think about the things that you're watching in the movies, television, internet, etc. Make sure that you're filtering what is going in because what comes out is going to be a result of what you put in. Thank you for listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Please rate, review, and share so others can access this content. I encourage you also to join the Heaven Citizens Facebook group. There you will find links to related materials, Conversation starters, poll questions, and the occasional special announcement. Also, check out the Hal Hammond's channel on YouTube for even more content. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammond's Citizen of Heaven signing off.